0: It's going to be a very, very intense
1: journey.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Frame Skip, the podcast where we get together and talk about games for your enjoyment. Uh, I'm usually joined by three other co hosts, but tonight I'm joined by the lone coach, Kyle Newman.
1: That's right. I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's just Coach, and yes. I'm not with him, so he's alone. <laughs> um, no, we actually, for the first time in Frame Skip history, which is not that long, considering we've recorded two episodes, um, we had technical issues, and um, Elijah, actually about an hour before we were supposed to get on and start doing this, this show, was like, hey, so I have no internet at all, and... So I spent about an hour trying to figure that out with him and we just couldn't figure it out. So he's currently, hopefully, on the phone with his, uh, his ISP, talking to them and trying to figure out what's going on because we think it's on their end, but we'll see. And anyway- it's,
1: it's karma on his end, because remember he was saying, he was bragging about his speeds, his new yeah. speeds that he's gonna have. <laughs> so-
0: Well, can't brag about the speeds when you have nothing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dude, man. We're, we're hoping he'll have it fixed. I think uh, we either narrowed it down to his router or his, his ISP. We know his modem's not the problem. but um, So anyway, he'll be back next week. And then Seth, about two, three hours before the show, was like, Hey guys, I have to go to work. So he's not here either. So it's work just Coach overrated. and myself. Myself, Austin Eller. should have clarified. That's who I am. Um, but yeah, here we are.
1: Now, in the past, you and I have done plenty of, like, Nintendo discussions,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah, so this isn't, like, out of the norm for us. No. I feel like we've—the two of us have done, like, a lot of one-on-one-type content um, in the past, so this should hopefully be a good episode still. But Right,
1: so—and we do want to do, like—it is March, and I know we're past mm. March 3rd, but we I still want to sit down and discuss with you— about the release of the Switch and Breath Mm -hmm. of the Wild because those two go together, you know? Like Super Mario 64 and the Nintendo 64, you know?
0: Yep, and it's been, what, three years? Is that how long it's been? Three years, man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I I mean, I I haven't played mine recently too much uh, just because everything that's been going on with school and whatnot, but I love the Switch, such a good system. But um, anyway. Uh, We're gonna try and keep it pretty normal. It's definitely gonna be a little more free-flowing a little different than uh, The normal show would be so bear with us as we get through episode two. I know it's kind of early to have like issues of this scale uh, Which is why I still wanted to just keep the show going. I didn't want to cancel this week um, you know considering we just launched but Again, hopefully it's still good. So few housekeeping things up front. I just want to let you guys know that Frameskip is now available on many different podcast services. I think as of last episode, we were only on like one or two, but we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And we're waiting on the verification for iTunes, but that's the last one. And so hopefully, um, potentially by the time this episode goes up, we might be on iTunes, uh, hopefully by episode three. Um, So yeah, that's that's the the big thing to to take note of. But I guess we'll just kind of start uh, like Seth did last week and just kind of read over some of the listener feedback. Um, we got some. Yeah, we got a few things from Alden um, from episode zero. I think he was specifically commenting on um, at the time, but he sent in about maybe forty-five thousand words. So. First off, I just want to let you guys know that if you're sending in stuff to the show, please keep it concise, <laughs> Alden. Because <laughs> um, I really had to cut a lot out of here because I didn't really want to sit here and read everything that you wrote on air. But um, I just kind of kept the, the most important thing. So he said, this is just a couple comments he had. He said, I've been asking for your guys' return to form for not just over the summer. Elijah can attest to my harassing his stream since you guys breaking up, especially since Seth apparently considers a season of Two Beers and a Whiskey, which is the podcast Seth tried for a little bit, like two or three episodes posted over the course of nine months or longer. (laughs) And N-Cubed Gaming failed to launch and is now just an empty channel in my sub box. And I left this on here because obviously N-Cubed Gaming was our... our thing we were trying to do.
1: Yeah, that's when I was still in um, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Because I was trying to think of a name, you know, something that mm-hmm. you and I could do. And so, incubed. Before incubed, it was Nintendo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What was it? It was Nintendo News Network or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, hence the term incubed. So.
0: Yeah, and. It- I wanted to do it really bad, but I think there was just a lot going on at the time. I don't, I don't really recall too much of what happened. In fact, I know we even recorded like a kind of discussion like this, um, well, and never I uploaded mean, it.
1: I had a series that I was going to focus on for that, yeah. which is my this day in Nintendo history, and I've been home a uh, year and a half, and I still mm-hmm. haven't been able to put out an episode. But um, May is when I'm going to. Um, kick off that, that series. And then I'm also going to do this day in X, the original Xbox history as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm going to be picking games, not necessarily, it's going to take a lot of time because I don't have a lot, yeah. but with my projects I'm doing now, um, cause I'll start recording the one for may, I'll start recording that in a couple of weeks. So that way I could try and be done by the end of March. And then I could work on June's um, games. So in every game that I choose, there's a reason why I'm choosing. It's not just a random pick. It's something yeah. that that I can talk about and discuss that has meaning to me. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So um, no, I think obviously that's going to make for a lot of good content. So Alden, I guess, watch out for that on, on our YouTube channel. Um, I think the plan is, as of right now, I know at least Elijah and Coach are both going to do a decent amount. I'd like to at some point, maybe after I graduate, but as of right now, it's not like kind of on the, the docket for me. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I kind of miss doing YouTube stuff, and obviously I love the editing and um, all that stuff. So we'll see what happens. But as of right now, look out for that. Um, the Can other I talk thing, about Alden- the two? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so um, this is what I'm working on. This is what's going to be. Going on in the near future. With the release of Animal Crossing, um, I've did a, a lot of research on um, YouTube with various YouTubers on some of the series that they've done with Animal Crossing. And Andre at Game Explain and then Josh over at BitBlock, they've done um, kind of like a, a video journal, like a weekly. Um, video log. So what I'm going to be doing, and this is going to change, but I want to go, um, a whole year Mm. where I do a weekly update. So it's, um, it's going to be an animal crossing weekly update. So I want to average one hour a day and at the, like on Friday night or Saturday, that's when I'll edit. And then uh, I'll upload on Sundays. So, and hopefully like Throughout the year, you know, I could streamline and, and I could see what might be better. So I'll really be going for, um, users, um, or, you know, like, um, people that frequent the channel that watch the videos get their impact. But what I do want to do, one of the things that I want to do is stream once a week, whether that's you and I chill Mm -hmm. out on each other's Island or get our, um, the people that support us that are playing the game, you know, go to their island or they, they come yeah. to my island, you know, and stream that. So um, that's that's what I'm doing for Animal Crossing. So that's going to start real soon. And then mm-hmm. um, to, to start getting ready for Breath of the Wild 2, which I think is next year, I'm going through Breath of the Wild and playing it like it's my first time, even though it's my second. Mm -hmm. but I'm going to take each section, each region, and I'm gonna get all 120 shrines. I'm gonna try and get all of the armor sets that I like, you know, the major ones. And then uh, before I do any of the the Divine Beasts, I want to get the Master Sword, and I want to unlock it, so I wanna do Trial of the Sword. And that's the biggest thing I want to do. And then go through and take out the four divine beasts. And then of course, Ganon. so, and what this is going to do is it's going to help me kind of think about what I want to do when breath of the wild two comes out or the sequel, whatever they name it. Yeah. Um, because at that time I will devote everything at least a good six to eight months to that game. All the content on YouTube will be on, 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 the new Zelda game.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's a very specific topic and obviously people, you know, are crazy about Breath of the Wild. So I'm sure it'll be the same with, with the new game when it releases. So, um, but yeah, so I guess listeners look out for that stuff. Uh, We do have a YouTube channel. I think it's kind of hard to find right now, but we'll, we'll provide um, more, I guess, ways to find that down the road once we actually get content up. And we do have a Twitch as well uh, per coach's point on streaming stuff. So um, all that stuff is coming. Um, and then Alden did say one other thing. I just wanted to kind of bring this in cause it's a nice segue. Um, but he said to Seth's point, a lot of my love for NIS and Atlas and XSEED games come from, comes from either hearing you guys talk about them on the podcast or discovered by finding them at GameStop, which was the only place near me that carried them. And I wanted to bring this up because, for those that didn't listen to episode zero, we talked about how reports have been going around about GameStop um, really having a lot of financial struggles and um, managers, you know, being fired or whatever it may be or let go and things of this sort just kind of going on um, in this in this business right now and. First off, just to comment on what Alden said, I think that's a really valid point. I think GameStop typically has a pretty big selection of games that you maybe can't find at a place like Best Buy or Walmart or whatever it may be. I mean, there's definitely a lot of niche games that you can find there um, that can't be found anywhere else. And I know on episode zero we all kind of agreed that like without GameStop, you know, it's just it it would be a disappointing kind of consumer market for gamers to have no GameStop anymore essentially I think was what we all agreed on but I wanted to bring this up and I left this on here because of what just happened with GameStop and I guess we'll just kinda of flow right into the the news topics for this week but this week um, GameStop announced that Reggie Fisame is joining their board of directors and this was a pretty big news topic I think because you know, he he just retired from Nintendo of America like pretty recently within the last year or so, um, maybe last year and a half. But he retired. So that's one thing. So he, he's coming out of retirement just for this. But secondly, it's GameStop. And I think obviously he was the president of Nintendo of America. And I feel like to come over and, and join GameStop's board of directors, I think that's going to give them a lot of insight um, as far as somebody who's actually been involved in game development and, you know, the marketing stuff and everything involved on that front. You know, he's been on the other side of GameStop. He's been the guy that's that's been selling his games to that company, and now he's within that company. So I almost wonder, you know, what's he going to do to kind of you know try and try and get GameStop back up to speed or try and kind of get them regaining a little bit of uh, steam here in a in a landscape where they're kind of failing a little bit.
1: Yeah, so let's say GameStop does fail, and those uh, niche games, the way that you're probably only going to be able to get those is either pay high price on Amazon or through play Asia, you know, play Asia, you could get some good stuff like the, um, the final fantasy seven VII and eight,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, combo pack. Um, you could get on, uh, on play Asia. So that's another place you could go, but hopefully it won't have to come to that. Hopefully, um, gamestop will right itself you know and Mm -hmm. and stop this downward spiral that they're heading into you know and one thing i hope that reggie does is one thing that like was frustrating is when they were selling the switch when it first came out remember you couldn't just buy a normal switch you had to buy the switch and about 120 dollars worth of accessories
0: yeah things you didn't want
1: exactly Yep. So it's crap like that that um, quickly needs to be uh, taken care of, and I don't know if they do that so much anymore, um, but we'll see. I mean, like um, I know with the um, there really wasn't a bundle with the Animal Crossing uh, mm-hmm. Switch, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, it's not just Reggie; they they got a yep. former um, Walmart president and PetSmart chief.
0: Yeah. So it was um, William Bill Simon, or Simon, um, who this article from Polygon does not clarify, but it says he had involvement with Walmart, Cadbury, PepsiCo, and Nabisco. And then James J.K. Simonick, I guess is how you pronounce his last name. Um, he had involvement with PetSmart, Academy Sports, and Sam's Club, uh, which obviously all of those companies are big, um, really big companies. So I think it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens and if we see any change, but I will say the fact that that Reggie is specifically involved as somebody who was a major executive at one of the three you know biggest gaming companies in the world um, and is now inside that whole market. I think that's just going to be interesting to see you know maybe if he has some insight that would help those execs that aren't exactly as well versed in gaming as maybe he is Um, because you know I think I remember one of the things I liked about him first off is that he does play games Uh, I'll never forget all the directs and stuff and seeing him play games and um, I know there was one actually I think it was for New Leaf when they were talking about Animal Crossing New Leaf um, he like showed his talent online and like all the progress he had made in his own save and so I think it'll be interesting. You know, I don't know much about the other people on the board of directors of GameStop, but it's just nice to know that there's somebody there that's, that's versed and, and knows what he's talking about when it comes to, to this industry, I think.
1: So what do you think, if you were in Reggie's seat, what would you do to, let's say you were given nine months, right? Because we're in yeah. March, so by the end of the year, what, what would you want to do? What do you think
0: you could do? Um, you know, I honestly really don't know. Um, I don't know what they're going to have to do to change it. I, you know, change their path that they've been on. Um, I, you know, I don't know enough about business standpoint as far as this actual market goes to really answer that too well. But what I will say is, I hope, I hope they really take a look at it and kind of think of some sort of innovative solution, um, because. GameStop is, at this point, you know, there's no more Game Crazy. There's no more. What was the other one? Was Babish's one back in the day? Um, Yeah, I don't remember that one. There's like, there. GameStop is the only one. They're all gone, and so. I it. They're the only one left, and I just. You know, I don't know if that's an issue there that they don't have competition. I just, I know they're going to have to think of something very innovative to kind of remedy this issue. What I will say is, I think a lot of people, like myself, do stop shopping at GameStop when they are bombarded with, okay, pre-order this, pre-order that. Uh, like Seth was saying, sell us your cell phone. Like, it's just a little. I know they're desperate right now. I know they're trying to figure out how can they make money at all. But what I will say is that at least the ones here in Athens, Georgia, um, back in the day when I used to shop at them seven, eight years ago, I haven't really shopped at them recently, but they would definitely kind of bombard me with power-up rewards and, and all this stuff, and it was very much a turnoff, I think. I I just wasn't really fond of of how they treated their customers, and I know it's not really those employees' fault. It's more of like the 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 company as a whole kind of setting those initiatives and and making those quotas but um i would hope that that's maybe something that they can remedy personally at least
1: well they are competing against walmart as far as the new games because that's true. new games at walmart are 50
0: bucks yeah that's a 50 good point bucks
1: yep now i don't know about nintendo games are, are they the same
0: um i think 60? so i th- I think so. I think some of them are 50. I, n- I know it's not all new releases that are 50 at Walmart, but I wanna say some of the Nintendo games are, are $50, yeah.
1: And if you want people to come back, you know, um, you have to see like what um, what pre-order, button, like what, what can you pre-order with the game where people will come back? And I'm not talking about digital content. I'm talking about, um, posters or any type of of memorabilia that people will want, especially like Nintendo fans, because the Nintendo fans, they like to collect all that stuff, you know? So what, what can you bundle? Like for a while we were getting these little, um, 12 inch by 24 inch posters. Um, I got, uh, let's see, let's go. So I got the map in let's go, which is Mm -hmm. what's, what's that region?
0: um canto generation
1: one yeah canto so it's a map of canto and then there was um there was marvel ultimate alliance 3 yeah and then i want to say um there was one more i forget which it was but those little things will get people to come to your store you know Mm -hmm. so and and i'm just wondering if those little things if you could get people to to do that you know to come in and purchase pre-purchase
0: yeah i mean i think at the end of the day and you and i i will say i think my my viewpoint's a little biased just because this is kind of how i think of gamestop but i think at the end of the day they're kind of have to kind of change the stigma that that surrounds that company right now um i think a lot of people think of gamestop and they think of oh we can go trade 300 ps4 games in here and get a dollar and 56 cents in trading credit like I I know that's like a big joke but I think there are people that kind of look at that and they're like okay we get almost nothing for selling our games here so why would we do it um, and then like I said the whole shoving power-up rewards down your throat and and all that stuff I just I think they're gonna have to kind of change that stigma um, And you know maybe like you said providing stuff like posters or whatever it may be that that you can't get anywhere else I think that's a pretty good kind of start I think that's a really good start to that that kind of gives them an advantage because like you said for sure For me like I if I got a nice big poster for pre-ordering it I'm not talking about like one that's the size of a sheet of paper if I got like a nice poster for pre-ordering a game I mean I definitely go there and do it so yeah, That's just me, at least.
1: Because what I did is, um, for two of them, I went and uh, I just, I got, um, I, I had it framed over at uh, um, Hobby Lobby. And it's real cheap to frame stuff over there, you know. Yeah. So, and it goes up on my walls. So, yeah, yep. those are those are like little things that I think that they could do to get people to come back to mm. buy new games. So, but I don't know where the money is. I don't know the proper, um, the the proper system that yeah. they need to follow so that they could make money.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, it'll just be interesting. I think that's that's my key takeaway. Is it's going to be interesting to see if Reggie being there or these other two execs being being involved in the company actually make any difference, or you know, what are we what are we going to see? Because, you know, as Seth was saying a couple weeks ago. A lot of reports going around right now saying that GameStop is not going to last much longer, um, and I'm just curious to see if, you know, maybe these three guys or whoever it may be can can kind of turn the company around.
1: Now I'm wondering yeah. with Reggie's influence, when, and I know they're not going to do it for um, Animal Crossing, but yeah. whatever we find out in the next two or three months, um, when we get into June the releases for the holiday season Mm. with Reggie's influence. I wonder if they'll be able to start having these big midnight releases again.
0: You know, that's one thing I really miss too. um, Because I feel like GameStop has been at least recently from what I can tell, it's been very, Oh, call of duty. It's a midnight release. It's there. Haven't really been too many, you know, fire emblem, midnight releases or like things like that. And I know that's, it's more of a niche area, but definitely I think those really bring people together, I think. And, and it creates friendships and kind of experiences that you couldn't normally get elsewhere because you're surrounded by people that are all excited for one game. Um, and so I, I absolutely would love to see more of those kind of pop up.
1: Well, if you go to, um, uh, a friend of the podcast, uh, Joel Valley,
0: yeah,
1: he, he would record some videos and and you could go over to his, um, YouTube channel. It's media glitch. And they did, I think it was battle is either battlefront one or two, but they did the midnight release for that where they went into a GameStop, and you Mm -hmm. could tell that everybody was excited. Like it was packed. So there are still those game stops that, that have that. Now the one by my house for, um, fallen Jedi and sword and shield, And on that, on that midnight release, um, there were people in there, but there wasn't that excitement, you know, it wasn't anything like that. But yeah, I, I, uh, I'd recommend go watch some of those, um, some of his videos, um, where he interviewed and he like interviewed people that were cosplaying and everything. So it's pretty cool. So people still want that. People will still go for that.
0: And it definitely depends on the store too. Like I know... I've never actually been to one where the store has done anything to kind of entertain the people there. What I w- will say, though, is I did go to the, I think it was the midnight launch for Smash Brothers 3DS at the time. And for those that don't remember, there was a demo for that game on 3DS that had just released about two or three days prior to the game's, you know, full release. But the thing was with the demo, you could still play it with other people locally on your 3DS. And so... I went to that midnight launch and literally everyone there was, you know, fighting each other on the Smash 3DS demo, um, using like the local wireless connection on the three DS. And so I know that was an absolute blast. But then I went to the midnight launch for the Wii U version of, of Smash and everyone was just kind of standing around. Nobody was really like interested in doing anything. They were just all waiting there. And I was it was disappointing um, a little bit for me, but I think that, you know, I know a lot of stores kind of do events or whatever it may be, or, um, giveaways or things like that at midnight launches. And I think, you know, when they do that, that's pretty cool. But anyway, that's besides the point, beside the point. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, and then we'll maybe we'll get into the, the whole Lego thing after this topic, I just thought this was really interesting um, since we talked so much about Xbox last week and kind of, I know we talked a lot about how they're kind of changing in the public's eye a little bit as far as they're bringing all their games to PC and then we talked about the, the buying a game on Xbox One and then getting it for free on Xbox Series X. Uh, But we are kind of seeing a little bit of that on Sony's side because they announced today that Horizon Zero Dawn is officially coming to PC. Um, And this was confirmed in an an interview with Herman Holst, who I believe used to be the head of Guerrilla Games, which is the studio that makes um, Horizon and Killzone and all that stuff. But he's now the head of Sony's Worldwide Studios, which is kind of its own thing in a much bigger much bigger position. Uh, but there was this interview with him today on the PlayStation blog, and he basically came out and was like, you know, there have been rumors about this for the last few months, and it's true. It is coming to PC. It's coming to PC this summer. And I just thought this was something important to talk about um, because, again, we've seen Xbox games on PC, but this is kind of a first when it comes to PlayStation exclusives um, available on PC. So... What do you think?
1: Um, it's very interesting because mm-hmm. it's it's surprising. It'd be like if Nintendo did that, yeah. you know. Um, but of course, over in Twitterland, all the Sony fanboys were were having a meltdown. It was pretty yeah. funny to read, but I mean, it's good. I mean, it, it's a game, right? Yep. And the more people that gets to play it or has the opportunity to play it, the better. The more money that they make, you know, so uh, it's, it's a good thing. And it's interesting. Now, who, who's, who developed it?
0: Guerrilla Games.
1: Okay. And they're a second party, right? They're second party. They don't make any other games for any other systems, right? Oh, Just, yeah.
0: Yeah. They're owned by Sony. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that'd be like Retro Studios releasing Metroid Prime Trilogy on PC. Yeah. you know so this is pretty big and uh I- i'm glad because there's a lot of pc gamers that will purchase this yep. and developers want to make money you know so it's it's a good thing When when's the release date on it
0: they just said summer i don't think they they gave an actual date um but it's definitely not too far off what i will tell you too though is that it runs on the same engine as Death Stranding and Death Stranding is also coming to PC um, this summer. So I don't know if it's something with that engine. Maybe they were kind of like, okay, we're working on Death Stranding's PC version. So it's easy to just port this other game that runs on the exact same engine. Maybe that's something that happened. I don't know. But um, I, I think it's, I think it's great. I think that, Going forward, I would love to see more of this. And I I will read this quote here, actually, from um, Herman Holst. And he says, To maybe put a few minds at ease, releasing one first-party AAA title to PC doesn't necessarily mean that every game now will come to PC. In my mind, Horizon Zero Dawn was just a great fit in this particular instance. Uh, We don't have any plans for day-and-date PC releases, and we remain 100% committed to dedicated hardware and I think that's an interesting viewpoint I think I'm I, you know I'm not too surprised by that I obviously was not surprised either when Microsoft started releasing all their own games that they already own on Windows which is also something they own um, I think that's a pretty obvious fit but you know he's saying essentially that while Horizon Zero Dawn and you know Death Stranding 2 even though Death Stranding is not owned Um, by Sony, per se, um, since they don't own Kojima Productions. But um, even though those titles are both coming to PC, I think he's essentially saying that don't necessarily look out for for future titles, but I would not be surprised if Sony sees the success of this and then they're like, well, what do we do now? Right. (laughs) So that's what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, and just going back on the Metroid Prime thing, imagine... Because, um, there's this YouTuber G man lives and he yeah. has amazing, amazing content and he reviews mostly, um, first person shooters and he, he set up his, uh, computer to run dolphin and he did the mods so that he could run the Metroid games, uh, keyboard and mouse. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool if we were at, to ever get that. But yeah, I mean, that's a win, win, um, with Sony doing this,
0: yeah, I think, I mean, I I'd, I'd love to see, you know, down the road maybe like Gran Turismo on PC or something where you could really push those settings and get a really incredible experience on on PC. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that I think would be awesome to have on PC. So we'll see, but I I wouldn't be surprised if down the road we get these quite a bit more often. Um, just based off of what, what's been happening with Microsoft, and I'm sure they've been making a, a considerable amount uh, more money having their, their games releasing on both Xbox and on PC. Mm-hmm. So, um, But Coach, why don't you tell us about a certain special partnership that was announced today?
1: Okay, so Mario and, and uh, Super Mario and Lego are partnering up. Um, this is from Nintendo life Mm -hmm. and it says the Danish toy firm is joining forces with Nintendo to create a range of toys, which feature the world's most famous plumber and judging from the teaser tweet, some kind of electronic connectivity because right on his chest, you know, if you look like right under the chin, there's a, it's like a a gold, um, coin block, right? With the question Mm -hmm. mark. And, uh, and then it's like his teeth are also kind of like the pixelated, the old school pixelated um, LED type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but judging from the teaser tweet, some kind of electronic connectivity is going to be featured. The video shows a Mario toy with a screen inside, presumably a smartphone or, or more excitingly a Switch. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting we don't know much about it because all it was is just a quick little picture like it just scrolled down the the body Mm -hmm. so my guess is we'll get different play sets kind of like how star wars has different play sets you know um so you the sky's the limit i mean a legend of zelda you could even do different legend of zeldas you could do twilight princess um, you could do wind waker you could do all those different kind of play sets and uh, but the functionality the uh, the electronic functionality is what I'm interested about
0: yeah I think you know I didn't even really notice the the electronic stuff until um, we were looking at this right before the show I, I hadn't really noticed that and I I kind of thought it was maybe just you know Mario Legos which still would have been awesome um, but I think whatever this is, the potential of having some electronic component, um, and you can go find this I think on Nintendo's Twitter or Lego's Twitter if you wanna see the full footage, but um, I think that's really fascinating, especially coming from Lego who is typically you know, an analog toy manufacturer. There's not any digital component to those toys at all. And um, so I just think whatever we're getting though, I think, seems to be pretty innovative. Um, cause again, this is, it doesn't seem to be something Lego has produced before. Um, and at, and at worst case, even if it doesn't have that electronic component, even if we still just get Mario Legos, like I'm all in on that. I'm so in on that. And, um, I love, I love Legos and I, I haven't actually purchased any in years, but that was one of my favorite toys when I was a kid. And, um, I would purchase Mario Legos in a heartbeat if that was, you know, part of this. So,
1: yeah, and it's going to be expensive. And mm-hmm. knowing Nintendo, they're only going to make a third of what the um, the demand is, so the demand will go even even higher. So that's yeah. you know, as thinking negatively, I guess I could say it. That's that's what I think about anything Nintendo releases. I always worried. I always worry about availability. So what's the availability of this going to be, you know, because kids, young teenagers, adults, anybody that's been a fan of Nintendo are going to purchase these, they're going to go to your Walmart. They're going to get them on Amazon. They're going to go to these stores to, to purchase them. And I'm one of them, you know, of course I'll, I'll get those. However, um, you know, just start saving your money because. They're not gonna be, they're not gonna be cheap.
0: Yeah, I mean, Legos in general. I I didn't really realize until I was older, but, um, you know, I look at the Star Wars ones a lot just because I'm like, wow, I wish I had some of these, and they're expensive. I mean, like the Millennium Falcon one, I think is several hundred dollars. So, um,
1: how much was the Death Star in that in the Spider Man oh. movie?
0: I want to say those things used to be five six hundred dollars, but I I don't quite remember. Um, I know when I was a kid, I always wanted that thing, and um, I just remember seeing the price and being like, "I know my parents are never gonna buy me this." So <laughs> um, I don't know, because I I think they made a new one pretty recently, um, and I I don't know how much it it was, but I know yeah Legos can be quite expensive, so we'll see what happens. I. Like you said, hopefully they make enough because obviously if they're already expensive and then there's a shortage that's going to push, push the price even higher and that's no fun. So.
1: <laughs> so who developed the Lego Star Wars games? Who was that?
0: It's um, TT Games, I think. I don't know if that actually stands for something. I don't remember. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure they've made all of the Lego games. I don't think they've actually switch development teams ever. Um okay.
1: Traveler Tales.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Traveler Tales. So
1: do you think they might be putting together a game?
0: That's what I was thinking potentially too, cause you know, it does show that digital component. So I almost wonder you know, it's hard to tell based off of that video, but I almost wonder if that's, you know, like a game and not an actual physical, you know, Lego brick. <laughs> <laughs> or or whatever it is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I wouldn't be surprised because typically LEGO games are very family-oriented. Obviously, Nintendo has a lot of family-oriented games. I think that would fit really well. Um, I think it could also kind of turn out to be a more casual version of like a Mario Kart Smash Brothers kind of Mix up like we have, where we have all these characters from different games in one game. I think that could be kind of another version. Um, because in past Lego games, like for example, the uh, the Lego Star Wars or Lego uh, Marvel games, I think there's three of them, but you basically can play as like several hundred different superheroes from the Marvel games. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of similar here where it was like, okay, you can play as Mario, you can play as Link, you can play as Samus, you can play as whoever all these characters are, if, if they make a Lego game. Right. Um, because
1: I, re- I remember for the Star Wars, I only played the first one, mm-hmm. which I really liked. I bought it on the GameCube when it, on the day it released. But the thing about that one is unlocking... All of Mm -hmm. the different characters, right? And they're not hidden behind some crazy paywall or anything like that. So this was before that time. So you didn't have to worry about that. You wanted to play through and you wanted to be able to um, unlock like Grievous or Grievous, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, They're pretty like repetitive. So at least that first one was so... Um, It'll be interesting where they go with this. However, there was something that came out on the, uh, I guess on one of the, the, the twit, the twits, the tweets. Yeah. Um, They got a quick, someone got a quick um, snapshot of it because I believe they took it down. But this was the, the, the text. It says, Heard about the partnership between Lego and Nintendo? Question mark. The latest Nintendo Direct announced their existing collaboration. So that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, um, I think I've actually kind of forgot about that until you just said that a second ago. Um, but yeah, I, I have a feeling this was planned for a Direct, obviously and was kind of made its own thing what i'm wondering is does that mean this this direct still exists exists or that um you know maybe it was canceled or or changed or whatever it may be uh, rescheduled um i'm just curious what that kind of means as far as the actual direct itself goes um because i think a major topic in the last, I guess, what's it been, like seven or eight months since the last actual Direct has been, when is the next actual Nintendo Direct? <laughs> so, um, I think it's about time. Um, I talked to Coach this morning, actually, about this, and I, at least in my opinion, I think Nintendo's probably kind of waiting to get through the release of Animal Crossing, and then they're going to give us a huge drop of information on whatever is coming next, um, that's what I I mean
1: okay so let's think about it we had a animal crossing direct and I know it didn't give us any new information but it was still a direct right and then what did we have right before there was something before what kind of video did we get by them was it a uh like an indies
0: yeah I think this year Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, because... There was was the Nindies, there was the Pokemon one.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, so there was the Pokemon that... um, There was the Pokemon Direct that was out in, what, like, January, wasn't it? Yeah, and then there was also
0: the last Smash Fighter Direct recently, too, which I think kind of disappointed everybody, but...
1: I mean, so we did get three videos. I know we're kind of off-subject. We're like, you know, I mean, like, this is on everybody's mind that's a Nintendo fan because, of course, we want to know... What's coming out because we literally know nothing, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: we know we don't even know the date of um uh Xenoblade, you know, the remaster. Is it a remaster or a remake?
0: I think it's, I don't know entirely what it is. From my understanding, it runs on the engine that Xenoblade 2 runs on, so okay. I think that would be considered a remake, right? Um, I think if that's true, but but. We yeah. did
1: get a. Um, I guess it did get the uh, rating. I think I'm almost positive. So we know that it's going to be soon, and a lot of people are thinking May
0: mm-hmm. for that. I, yeah, because I, I there was that leak a, a little while back about that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Because um, what do we? We don't really know anything post Animal Crossing, right? Aside from that game. No,
1: we don't. Yeah, there's. I mean, we don't know anything about Bayonetta as as. The only thing we know is someone from the team at Platinum said everything is going good, which is like, okay, whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, we don't know anything. Like it's kind of fun though. Like it's mysterious, right? To see
0: what's happening. I think they do a good job at that. I think, you know, people can sit here and complain that there hasn't been a direct, but at the same time I loved like last year, I think it was, was it E3 when they came out and they were like, Hey guys, we're remaking Link's Awakening completely and it's coming out in three months. And that's awesome to me. Like I, I love getting those kind of drops. I love being like, okay, this huge game that you didn't know about, guess what? It's out in, in 90 days. Um, so I'm hoping we get something like that. I'm hoping we really get like a really cool direct that is very kind of information heavy and really shows people what they want. Um, Cause I think it's coming. I think we can sit here and, you know, ask for a direct all day long, but, um, I think the one we're going to get is going to be worth the wait. So. As
1: long as it's not like E3 a couple years ago where like 40 minutes was smash. Remember?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> So okay.
1: All right. So which <laughs> is going to come first. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Zelda Wii U titles you know the the, re, the remake and the remaster
0: mm-hmm.
1: or are we gonna get a new game not a new game but are we gonna get like something in the vein of uh, Link's Awakening and like either any of the Game Boy or Game Boy Color games you well, know I, be game Boy
0: Color. I think as far as which one comes first I think we'll probably get the, the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess pretty soon. Um, just because they've ported almost everything else from Wii U. I mean, I think those are some of the last ones to, to port. And um, they would certainly hold people over until Breath of the Wild 2. I think that would be a really nice like fall release this year. Well, what I would... I, lo- go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say what I will say is that Link's Awakening was developed by... Was it Grezzo? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um so it was not actually even made by Nintendo and so I almost wonder if there is a you know a link between worlds type thing in development and, there.
1: And I would be excited for that but just fix fix the memory thing. So yeah. that or either cap it at 30 frames per second so you don't get that big distinction, you mm-hmm. know. That that was my only complaint about the game. And yeah. at first it was a little annoying but um but yeah, that would be awesome. Like if they, if they did the first game, the very first mm-hmm. one, the Legend of Zelda, that would be way cool. Yep. Or, or if we get, um, I don't know, like, I mean, I would love to see a sequel to Wind Waker.
0: Oh know? yeah, well, because they, they did, um, and I know not everyone loves these games, but like I, I really love Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, and I'd love to get back into that kind of world again. Um, because they're technically they're kind of sequels. Yeah, um,
1: and if they could remaster them, or I mm-hmm. guess you would remake them, right? Yeah. If even if you use the engine, which is um, that the uh, mystery dungeon is on, because it it has that kind of um, cartoonish feel to it, you know. Mm-hmm. If they use that engine to create to remake those two games, but use regular controls, then that would be huge. I, that would, I think that would keep Zelda fans like there. I think that would appease them at least during the holidays. If that's what we were going to get,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: a double pack, that would be way cool. Yeah. And then, I cause I keep saying I, I'm thinking the sequel to breath of the wild will be next year.
0: Yeah, I think it's for sure either next summer or next fall is what I'm thinking. And Um, I would
1: love it for next fall. Like, just take your time and make it like how this was.
0: Yep. Um, Speaking of, for our last topic, I'm going to end it off here, and actually I was going to end it sooner, but this just came up. So this is kind of breaking news um, and kind kind of topical considering we're talking about directs and games getting announced and things of that sort. But... Um, Devolver Digital, who obviously is a massive publisher, they publish a lot of indie games, 13 minutes ago they tweeted out, cancel your E3 flights and hotels, y'all. And then Wario64, who's a pretty well-known kind of industry insider, responded to that and said, word is official announcement coming soon. So it's looking like E3 is not happening. It's looking like that's that's a thing.
1: Yeah, and you know, I mean like, that was already starting to be a sinking ship this year even yep. before the um the coronavirus yep. you know with sony not coming back again and who else pulled out someone else pulled there out there was, was
0: um somebody who was involved with like the actual show i think it was i am 8 bit or something okay i don't i don't really know their full involvement but i want to say they were like one of the lead like People involved in putting the show on, um, and they like dropped out like and a couple of weeks Jeff, ago. Jeff, what's his face? Jeff Keely. Yeah, Jeff Keely. Keighley. Jeff Keely's Keighley. not going yeah. for the first time no. ever.
1: And and something happened though with him. There was something that pissed him off to where he's like, well, "I'm bouncing."
0: Well, do you know? I know what it is. Last year, um, the I think it's called the ESA is yes. is the company that basically puts on E3. Um, they accidentally leaked the names and personal information of every media, basically every person that had a media badge at E3 last year. So every journalist, every games journalist had their, their personal information leaked from E3 and that pissed people off. People were furious. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the reason Jeff dropped was because of that.
1: Yeah, but it was so late in the game though. Like... Yeah. It's it's not like he dropped right after E3 last year. He's like, yeah. you know what? This is going to be my last one. He did this like, what, was it was a month or two ago? Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So, yeah, but I knew that happened. I knew there was that leak. And maybe it's just something that they were doing that he just didn't feel comfortable about. Yeah. And he's like,
0: nope. Yeah. Um no, I think there's been a lot of rumors about this obviously considering GDC was just canceled and it's the biggest gaming convention in Europe and um to see something Wasn't that it postponed though?
1: I mean they said they're going to try and do it in the Yeah,
0: same. I think they said they're they're going to try again, but at this rate, you know, who who really knows what's going to happen, but um I think as far as E3 goes though, a lot of people have been saying that if this is actually going to happen, um I think a lot of people are kind of agreeing that this is it for E3. Like, even though it's not canceled because of it going downhill, it's canceled because of the coronavirus. If that if that's actually a thing, to be fair, that was just a rumor I read off um, that was from a major publisher, of course, but not actually confirmed. But if E3 is indeed canceled, um I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is it. You know, I think, you know, maybe we see some E3 in some shell of its former self next year, but obviously companies are still going to announce their games. They're still going to figure out how to announce them when, you know, when they're not at E3. And I have a feeling they're going to see what Nintendo and and um, and Sony are doing and kind of seeing how much money they save by not actually going to this convention and just going that route from here on
1: imagine out. if once all this stuff dies down you know hopefully yeah. you know yeah. no pun and, but yeah, yeah. hopefully um like maybe next year what if nintendo just did their own conference where they rented out because they're in seattle right yeah yeah if they were the um i guess where the super, seattle super uh the Sonics used to play mm-hmm. the Super the sonics yeah. Where if they just rented out that place and they, they had all of their, you know, all the games and all of the uh, indie games and it, it was like their own PAX East, you know, mm-hmm. that would be something cool if, if that turned into it. I would try and go to something like that.
0: Well, and you know, like when Sony was doing PSX, I thought that was really cool and I I don't know why they stopped doing that, to be honest. I really wanted to go those years they did that, but that's essentially what you're talking about is Sony, Sony did do that and people loved it. It was- But was it
1: in Europe though?
0: No, it was in it was California. Okay. Yeah. Um Yeah. It was Sony's own thing and they had, you know, not just their exclusives, they had kind of like a PAX type setup where they had indie games and all that stuff. But they also had like cool panels from like developers at Sony and things of that sort. And I think that'd be awesome. Um, you know, if there was like a Nintendo or even a, a Microsoft version of that, I think um, I'd, I'd definitely try to go to one of those and um, I would I would love for PSX to come back because I, I never had a chance to go and everyone always said it was really cool, um, but I guess it's been two, three years now since the last one happened, so who I really does I mean, what if what they did there?
1: something like BlizzCon or yeah. even with QuakeCon because QuakeCon, there's just So many games by Bethesda that are showcased there, right? Because I mean, Quake, you know. Um, But if they did something similar to that, how amazing would that be? You know, know. just have, you know, they could have your, um, you could have your biggest um, Smash Brothers uh, tournament. You could have just uh, legacy systems up, so you could play through different Mario games and. You could have all the indie developers out there showcasing their games. There's a lot of good things that they could do, you know, and just sell a bunch of crap, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I guess that kind of brings everything to a close. I think we're kind of good on topics this week. And actually, I'm kind of surprised that we were able to talk this long. But um, yeah, so hopefully it was still a good show. We'll be back next week with our normal stuff, hopefully. Our normal crew. Yeah, our normal dudes. Hopefully hopefully uh, Elijah
1: will figure out his
0: issue. Well, supposedly he just did. Supposedly everything's good now on his end, so that's that's a, a good sign if that's the case. Okay. Um, but, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at FrameskipPod on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash FrameskipPod. And then you can send in some questions to us if you want to get them right off on the next episode and have us answer them. And they can be kind of about anything you want them to be about. Uh, But you can send those in at frameskippodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to those previous social media pages and send them in there. And I'm trying to think. I think that's about it. So um, anyways, thanks, you guys, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this kind of abnormal show. And we'll be back next week. So, uh, what is it that Seth says? Seth says? Get you some. I don't. I don't know. I don't really like that. Peace. So, get you some.